Welcome everyone to another episode of Fitness and Nutrition Ultimate Podcast, Fan Up for short. My name is Coach Greg. Today I am joined by the lovely Nikki. Nikki, why don't you just introduce yourself? Hey everybody, uh, my name is Nikki. Like Coach Greg said, I am a life coach and I basically work with individuals to build better habits to reach their goals. And that can be in any aspect of your life. It could be happiness, confidence, money, mental health, um, careers, relationships, you name it. Amazing. Amazing. And Nikki reached out to me like all my guests do, but reached out to me <laughs> to talk about a few things today on the show. And I'm super glad that she's here. We're going to talk, we're going to dive in on two specific topics, but then we'll just roll with everything else, just like we always do. So before we get started though, why don't we talk about first kind of where the difference or the similarity between you and I lie, Nikki. And I think a lot of people get confused when they hear like life coach, fitness coach, all these mm -hmm. kind of different things. Like where would you put yourself or like, how would you describe? I love to describe it as doctors. So like um, there's pediatric doctors, there's foot ankle doctors, there are nose, throat and ear doctors. So like Everybody has a PCP or a primary care physician. And that's how I kind of describe a life coach. Like I can do a lot of general coaching with multiple aspects of your life. But if you want something more specific that has to do with your ankle or nutrition, that's where you're going to go find that specific coach. So, um, yeah, that's the best analogy that I like to give to everybody. <laughs> I like that one. I really, I really like that one. Yeah. Um, and it, you know, like all the doctors have the same experience and it's the same thing with coaches. We all have the same skills. We just use them in different ways. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah. And who do you primarily work with? Um, Everyone? I, uh, everybody. I would say I tend to focus more on younger people from 20 to 35, just really because that's such a pivotal time of someone's life where they're trying to get a career, finish up schooling, find the perfect match, maybe buy a house, make babies, whatever it is, you know, it, it's just such a big point of someone's life. And I just love helping them go through those moments because um, a big thing for me is like a big belief that I have for anybody is like, you can have your dream life. You can build a future that you want. You know, you just have to be focused and dedicated to do that. So that's where I come into play. Yeah, that's awesome. What, what got you into it? That's the, that's the, the question of the day. What got you into it? Oh yeah. Yeah. So actually before I became a life coach, I was actually a training manager for a financial institution. So, um, I basically did new employee onboarding. I did, you know, like employee development, coaching, some leadership coaching, that kind of stuff. And I really, really, really loved working with like the new employees that came in. Um, and they were like entry level positions, like a teller is an entry level position at a financial institution. And they were just young. They didn't have a lot of life skills. They didn't have a lot of professional development skills. So I ended up like mentoring them a lot to teach them how to communicate with their boss, uh, how to handle problems, issues, you know, that kind of stuff. And I realized that most, <coughs> excuse me, most issues that people have. Um, are happening in their personal life. Like if there's something going on in your professional life, it's probably bleeding over from professional or personal, whichever one I said, vice versa, you know? Yeah. So yeah. I just wanted to get into more personal aspects of your life. Cause we all have 
challenges in our lives and we can all work through them. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I, I see the same stuff in fitness too. Yeah. Most, most issues are come from the, the personal professional, you know, time, time commitment or whatever it is, mm -hmm. but I bet it's on a totally different spectrum from what yeah. you Definitely. And I had the great idea to start my coaching practice during COVID, <laughs> literally the month that COVID happened and things got shut down is when I was like, Ooh, I have all this extra time. Let me just start a business on this side. Yeah, I did the so, same thing. <laughs> yep. Yep. So I started doing that and then I was able to transition into it full time. So I love it. It's awesome. COVID is what yeah. actually got me to move from gyms to totally online. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. I, I started working in gyms and park districts and whatever else I could find to start training and just learning and everything. And then yep. COVID hit and, you know, the whole world was shut down. So everybody had to move online. So, yeah. Yeah. I love it. You can help so many more people and oh, there's yeah. people out there that want it. I know. I know. Talking, speaking of help, um, I know we were going to talk about the mindset behind exercise, mm -hmm. right? And you know, it kind of, kind of fits into both of our fields, right? Yeah. Both of our, both of our journeys and everything. What would you say, you know, actually I'll just let you start, just go with it. Like what, what would you say about mindset behind exercise? Um, it's everything. <laughs> it is everything. <laughs> exercise, it is nutrition, everything. whatever, like the reasons why we do or don't do certain actions is all generated from our minds. So mm -hmm. You know, we say like, I want to go exercise five days a week and that's great, but what's going on? Like, what are the conversations that you're having in your head is the reason that's going to stop you from getting there. So that's why I think the mindset is everything. And it's so important. And no matter what you do, you have to take a look at the conversations that are going on in your head. Yeah, of course. And yeah, you know, that goes so much deeper than just starting something like mm -hmm. continuing and how you think about something. Um, you know, we could get into all the different stuff, but mindset is everything. Yeah. Not, not even just fitness and nutrition. Like yep. if you wake up every single day and dread going to work, like you're probably going to hate your job. You yeah. Know? And, and it's going to bleed into other parts of your life. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, but behind exercise specifically, you know, I, I used to suffer from a lot of mindset stuff and it mm -hmm. stopped, it stopped me from having progress. And I've, I've worked with a lot of people that are like, I'm just not seeing progress. And the first thing we talk about is mindset, you know, going into anything. And they're like, well, I just, I talk to myself during my workout, like I really want to get it done. But then I start thinking about, you know, the kids have to eat or, you know, I don't want to be there because laundry has to be done or whatever it is. They start talking about all this other stuff. And I'm like, well, you know, you're messing with your mind on, you know, trying to focus on too many different things, but yeah. Yeah, I was going to say the problem there is you start thinking about everything else. You're choosing to have those other thoughts about everything else that needs to be done and not looking at the reason why you're actually exercising or why you're doing what you're doing right now. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But I'd say the biggest aspect that I see a lot with people are like certain ways of thinking. And have you heard of like cognitive distortions? Yes. It's a fancy yep. term. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It's all those thought patterns that cause you to view something a certain way, which are typically not correct. Mm -hmm. And one big one that I see when it comes to just exercise or anything in general is that all or nothing thinking. Like everything all, all has, or nothing mindset. Yeah, yeah. 
everything has to be perfect or aligned perfectly or else it's not going to happen and we can do that so easily in our day-to-day -day lives like if we end up staying at work later like 15 minutes you're like oh well there goes my workout you know and that's not true that's just an extra 15 minutes that inconvenienced you but that's how we like to think yeah that black and white everything has to be good or bad success or failure everything or nothing mm -hmm. exactly exactly and i see that <laughs> i see it probably on a weekly basis i don't know how much you see it but um <laughs> that all or nothing is it's everything it's everything when it comes to results it's you know people and then people are like well i have to be all in on something has anybody yep. ever told you that yeah <laughs> what do you, you can be all in and still have balance you know, there are certain phases or certain cycles when it comes to like building habits and like you can be all in and still have balance. So like at the beginning, naturally, people want to go like balls to the walls. Like I want to exercise five days a week when they don't exercise as at all. And that's what causes you to fail. But you can start having those rigid goals of like certain amount of days, but then start to create balance where there's there is gray area. So if you mm -hmm. end up not going today, you can still go tomorrow or you can at least do a 20 minute walk or mm -hmm. something like that. I just had a conversation with one of my clients this morning and he wants to start incorporating exercise back into his life because he's given the excuse of work's more important or I have too many other things, which is not actually true. <laughs> and yep. we had the conversation like, so what happens if you talk yourself out of you know, going to the gym, what else can you do? And he was like, oh, well, I have a Peloton. I could just do literally 10 minutes and I'll be sweating my butt off. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of thinking in those different perspectives, like it doesn't have to be all or nothing. You know, if you can't do this, then you can still do something else to just get at least some sort of movement in. Yeah, we have a, we have a saying in the Limitless Fitness Academy that um, you don't have to be perfect and something is better than nothing. Yeah. So like everyone will come to me and be like, hey, I wasn't able to do the full workout, so I just didn't do it. I'm like, well, why don't you just do half next time? And they're like, oh, yeah, totally. Yeah. <laughs> and that's like a perfect example of the all or nothing thinking that like is not even conscious to us sometimes. Like it's just a natural thing that happens until someone provides you a new perspective. Like you can just do half. One, you I can just do the warm up, you know? Like <laughs> Yeah. And I'm not going to lie. I fall into that too. Yeah, and I, we all do it. Especially, especially like back in the day when I was in college and you'd wake up and your alarm would be set for seven and you wake up at like seven ten and be like, oh, well, guess I'll shoot for eight. Like you're yeah. like, you just throw away the whole hour because you didn't wake up like at the hour you wanted to or yeah. whatever it is. Um, I do that with work, you know, and nobody's perfect about it, but just being able to kind of consciously remind yourself like, no, I can still do a little bit. Yeah, you know, I, yeah. I, I don't have an hour. I can do half an hour. I don't have two hours. I could do one hour, you know? Yeah. And it seems so minuscule in those moments, like when you talk yourself out or trying to, but those small moments compound into the bigger picture. So mm -hmm. like, you know, if you say you want to lose 20 pounds or whatever it might be, you know, you say no and sleeping in that one random month morning or monday it's gone it's going to catch up to you like those small reasons are the reasons why you don't hit your goals and it's so easy to just look 
in the immediate or like right there in front of you because that's easy but also realizing like those small things do add up oh yeah yeah and then you know we don't need like the mindset you know just not even about the goals or the nutrition but going back to the exercise and stuff you know talking yourself into things as much as you talk yourself out of things yep so like i don't know for a lot of people i'll use my personal experience i hit plateaus a lot mm -hmm. because i i try to progress too quickly sometimes but yeah. um especially with like weight i'm pushing i'll like try for new prs or whatever it is and i'll be like i'll get stuck and it wasn't until i started like lifting heavier weights that before the set i would start telling myself i got this or you got this like looking at myself in the mirror like you got this that i wouldn't fail as much or i wouldn't be so nervous mm -hmm. and i started lifting even more weight like almost double maybe not double but you know i started realizing that like i'm literally not even like talking myself out of it but thinking myself out of lifting this weight yep which is crazy like the fact that the mind is that powerful was crazy. Yep. And so then I, you know, on the days that I didn't want to go work out, I started talking myself into working out. You know, I started talking myself into how I would feel afterwards. Mm -hmm. Whereas some people just talk themselves out of it because of the things they want to do instead. Well, I have work yeah. to do, or I have laundry to do, or I have this to do, that to do, whatever it is. Search, just start talking yourself into like how you're going to feel afterwards or. Yeah you know, the progress you're going to see, or, you know, if you have friends at the gym, you know, who you're going to see there at that time of day, whatever it is, but you know, whatever gets you there, you have to, you have to kind of talk yourself into that. Absolutely. And you have to be very conscious about that. Like, why is this important to me? Or why do I need to go tonight? Or what am I most looking forward to about this workout or something like that? And you have, you have to actively choose to look at those things, to look at the positive side or you know, those mm -hmm. benefits because our brains just naturally want to discredit or go to that negative side. Cause that's just how we're programmed. Yeah. Our brains, for those of you that don't know, our brains are the only person, the only thing in the world that shows up on time every time to go against you. Yep. Absolutely. It's like the best salesman in the world and what they're selling is doubt. Yep. That's what our <laughs> brains is. <laughs> it's so true though. And so like, your brain 24 seven is like trying to make you doubt what you're doing. Yep. And it's always negative. And so you have to be like consciously aware to be positive. Yep. Um, and that's just not just like in the words you speak or like what you do and everything, but also like what you don't do. And I've mm -hmm. talked about, I've, I've talked about this before, but you probably know this too, Nick, Nikki as well. It's like the food you eat, you know, yeah. what you, what you won't consume, what you won't watch on TV, what you won't, you know, just sit around doing or thinking about you know, the power of a positive thought versus a negative thought, all that stuff, just, it's crazy. Negative thoughts yeah. are so much more powerful. Yeah. Get us yeah. to do it. Get us to do a lot of weird things. I know. I know. And, you know, I thought about this earlier. I don't, I don't know why I thought about this, but um, when it comes to like your thoughts, create your cravings as well, when it comes to food mm -hmm. and you know, you choosing to not like a vegetable or whatever all comes from your thoughts. Like granted, you can taste it, of course, but like if you talk yourself down to it and like, this is disgusting, I'm not going to enjoy this. Well then <laughs> duh, you're not going to enjoy it. And it's the same thing when you work out, like what you said before, like saying, I got this, 
If you tell yourself like, Ooh, this is a lot of weight. I don't know if I can do it. You're probably not going to do it Mm -hmm. at the same time. So it's super important. And one of the stories that I thought about randomly is that, um, it was at the beginning. I got COVID of course, and I lost my smell at some point and I was stuck inside the house. So I decided to DoorDash chicken tenders because chicken tenders are my weakness. And I was like, Oh, I want these with the ranch. I want it all. <laughs> and I ended up getting them and I couldn't taste them. And I was like, what's oh, the point of this? Oh boy. You know, and it made me click. I was like, I'm literally craving these for no reason. Mm-hmm. Like it's just my brain. <laughs> so kind of realizing those things, like, you know, changing your thought around what you're eating. Oh, people think I'm the craziest person in the world because I can, I, I, I went through that fitness phase that a lot of guys go through where it's like, you're always in the gym, you're doing two a days. You're, yeah, eating like, yep. you're eating like chicken, broccoli, and rice every single meal of every single day with no dressings, no seasonings. Yep. So everything's super bland. I went through that, but like, yes, I saw results. Yes, I obviously like saw physical results, but I think it was more for the mental growth of like being able to control how I feel about certain situations. Mm-hmm. You know, people now will be like, you know, I'll take a bite of something and I'll be like, wow, this is really bad. And they're like, are you going to send it back and get something different? I'm like, no, I can just like talk myself into eating it. Now, obviously if it's like probably going to kill me, I'll send it back. <laughs> but, but like, I'm the least picky eater in the world because I learned all this stuff. I mm-hmm. can talk myself into being full or into being hungrier because of this stuff. Like, yeah. you know, knowing what is good for me, like it's totally all mindset when somebody's like, I'm not super hungry, but they haven't eaten all day, you know, and maybe it's, maybe this association thing to like how food makes them feel or their bodies or whatever it is. But I think also it comes down to, um, kind of an awareness level of how you're feeling, your cravings, your hunger, your appetite, you know, what's going on. Um, and building that awareness takes time, you know, it's not something that's going to happen overnight. And then people are like, you know, they start to make some change and they think it's wrong. So they stop. Yep. And because their brain's always against them. They're like, nope, this is different. I don't like it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I can, I can attest to that. Like just because we're coaches doesn't mean we're perfect. Mm-hmm. You know, I, la- the past couple of weeks, I've been really like mindlessly eating and I've had to stop myself. Like, am I actually hungry or am I just doing this just because like, do I need this food to actually survive? Or is it just like a moment of like, craving or boredom eating. So you have to check in with yourself like that. (laughs) Oh yeah. And if you're, I I have a typical rule of thumb. If you're not asking questions about what you do throughout your day, you're kind of just on cruise control. Yeah. Kind of just going throughout your day, letting the day control you instead of controlling what happens. Yeah. I totally agree. Yeah. And that's, like asking questions with curiosity though, like not to like belittle yourself. Like, why are you doing this? Like, you know, ask yourself with a different tone. Like, why are you doing this? Why have you always done this in the past? Am I really hungry or am I just bored? Like, Mm -hmm. am I really actually tired so much that I can't go to the gym or am I just using that as an excuse? You know, asking those questions with grace and curiosity. (laughs) It's actually, it's actually a funny thing because you brought that up because this morning I started reading a new book Mm-hmm. called called bringing out the best in people uh-huh i don't know if you ever heard of it no i haven't um it's a book about actually business and bringing out the best in your employees but 
they talked about in, in the first few chapters, they talked about um, there's two different types of thinking. There's common sense knowledge and there's scientific knowledge. Common sense knowledge is doing something and being like, oh, of course you would do it that way. Like, of course, whatever. Whereas scientific knowledge is inquisitive. You know, you do something and you're like, well, why did I do that? Like, it didn't give me an end result I wanted. Why would I do that? You know, mm -hmm. or it did give me an end result. Why did that happen? You know, starting to ask questions of like, kind of reinforcing what you're doing, whether it's yep. positive or negative. And then obviously knowing that the negative stuff you should probably stop doing, right? Yeah. And they were talking about how if people and employees, because the book is about employees, can make that shift from common sense to scientific, businesses can grow exponentially. Mm -hmm. Because people will start to question rather than just showing up doing what they have to, because, you know, of course, that's what they have to do. Yep. They start to question, you know, why they're doing stuff, what they're doing, how they're doing it. And then they start to build on that. So yeah. it's funny that you brought that up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy. It's crazy. Mindset is, it's everything, but it's also a topic that like not a lot of people know about. Mm -hmm. And so like I was saying earlier, like people think I'm crazy when they, when I say stuff, like I can talk myself out of cer cer certain situations in my head. Yep. You know, I can talk myself into search certain situations. Yeah. You, you can talk yourself into any energy. You can talk yourself into any, um, you know, hunger, appetite level tops. You can talk yourself out of that same, same, those same situations, depending on how much you control and awareness you have. Yep. Right. Now, some people are going to hear that and be like, I don't know. I don't know, but just give it a try. Like if you're listening, just give it a try. Like start to become more aware of the things around you and the choices you make. Yeah, I completely agree. It takes time and it's not, it's not perfect. You're never going to be perfect. Oh, and, no, no. You know, life is a balance of good and bad. So there, it's not going to like shifting your mindset is not going to make sure that everything's a great experience for Correct. you. You know, it's just learning how to manage both ends of the spectrum and you start with those basic thoughts. So if, if this is not something, if this is something that's foreign to you, exploring your thoughts, like taking that note of what you're saying to yourself or exploring with curiosity, but also like when you get to that point where you're aware of what's going on, you can also kind of like reverse engineer it. So if you want to have this amazing outcome, going to the gym or eating the right foods, like what thoughts and feelings do you need to have to reach that goal? Like, what do you need to tell yourself? Like, I'm doing an awesome job or mm -hmm. like, look at me eating the meals that I planned, you yeah. know? And what feelings do you want to have with that? And that's when you need to like intentionally or actively actually incorporate that. Because once again, we're not going to naturally say those things to ourselves. Like you have to make an intention and actually say those things throughout the day, night, whenever it is to make sure that you hit those goals. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be like affirmation style. It, yeah. doesn't, have, it doesn't have to be like sitting there with Zen music on with candles lit around you. Like I am the greatest, I am the best, whatever it is. It just literally is, you know, I started saying in the gym right before every single set, I got this. That, yeah. was, it. that was the only change I made. And I made huge results because I started, yeah. believe, I started believing that I could do it, you know? Yeah, I love that. And I just, uh, I just made a post about this, um, this past week, but like, there's a spectrum of like thoughts that you have. And of course, one side's negative and one side's positive. And like, 
when you start shifting your mindset or becoming more aware, like your thoughts, not going to go from my life sucks to everything's great. Like that's just toxic positivity. And you have to find a thought that's like still doable and believable for you. That's not just like, it's just a little bit less negative than what you said before. Mm -hmm. So instead of saying my life sucks, you could say, I'm just going through a hard time. Like that's just a little bit more hopeful or a little bit more positive than just saying, you know, the negative. Yeah. And eventually, like you were saying, like, you don't just completely get rid of the negative. And I don't, I don't trust anyone who's hundred percent positive all the time. Oh, they're not. They're just not telling you. (laughs) I don't, I don't trust them. I don't trust them. When I see them on social media or anything, I don't trust them. There's some, there's something they're hiding. Yeah. And if, if it's that, if, if that's you and you're not hiding anything, kudos to you, but I, I just, I can't do it. I don't trust it, you know? Um, but it's, it's making a shift from, you know, taking, I think this is, this is more the mindset stuff we're talking about, you know, positive and negative, taking negative things as a learning stance rather than a self-sabotage stance, mm-hmm. you know, being able to see them as like a, you know, cause negative things are going to happen. They're always yep. going to happen. And you may not learn from every single one, but when negative things happen to a lot of people, what we do is we start just, we start to self-sabotage and manipulate our own minds into thinking, well, why did I even try this in the first place? Or why am I even doing this? Yeah. You know, you start to ask yourself those questions rather than asking, you know, why am I even doing this in this stance of like, well, how can I make it better? You know? And I've talked about that before too, is like just shifting that. And that's, that's something that you can't do. Like nobody, you can't, you have to do it on your own. Nobody can help you with, you can't do it with anybody else's help. Yep. Unfortunately, like as much as Nikki and I are great coaches, we can't make that shift for you. We can give you tips and guidelines and all this stuff of like things to say and stuff to do. Um, but it has to be something you practice and do on your own. Yeah, absolutely. And of course the accountability aspect is a good component of that. Yes, but yes, it it's is. true. You know, we could tell you everything and guide you along the way, but if you don't do it, mm-hmm. it's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I actually used, I actually used to work with somebody um, at a gym back when I used to work in gyms and she, you know, all the time would come in. She had like eight to 10 clients a day mm-hmm. and dreaded the clients, you know, came in with, without any energy. But then like, as soon as the client showed up, she would just flip it around, like flip the switch and be yep. like super happy, super perky. And I asked her, I was like, so what do you do to like flip that switch? She's like, it's actually probably a bad idea, but <laughs> she's like, <laughs> she's like, She's like, I take a note. She's like, I actually made it a goal for myself to be happier throughout my day, not just when my clients show up, not for other people, but for more for myself. So she's like, I take a note. She's like, she has a little sticky note. She has a P at the top and an N at the bottom. And she's like, I take a tally every time I say something positive to myself and every time I say something negative to myself. She's like, when I first started in a 24 hour period, well, mine is sleeping. She had two positive tallies and 37 negative tallies. I believe it. And she's like, I'm about six months in and they're about 50, 50 now. Mm-hmm. She's like, mm-hmm. my goal is to get them like 80, 20, eventually 90, 10, maybe a hundred zero. But she's like, I don't think I can do that. Yeah. And I was like, that's awesome. She's like, but I it's, like that. it's something I've been like working on for a while. Yeah. That's a great example just to use just as a basic awareness piece. So if you don't really realize what's going on, just take an inventory of that. Like that's a great first step for anybody who wants to just kind of explore what their mind's doing. 
Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The only thing you have to realize is what your mind is actually doing. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. But I mean, we could go on, on and on about mindset behind <laughs> exercise. Do you have any last, last statements about mindset before we move on to the next part? Um, not really. I mean, there's plenty of other like thought patterns that a lot of us have, um, that are negative and just explore that. If you're curious, like we could, I could literally talk for hours probably about our thought <laughs> patterns, but go like, if you're curious and you want to kind of look at some stuff, go Google cognitive distortions and, um, look, look at the different ones with like catastrophic thinking mm-hmm. or should statements, discounting the positive, whatever it might be, because, um, there's different types of thought patterns that may be holding you back more than just like this all or nothing thinking. And that may be able to help you gain more awareness um, to put some puzzle pieces together to see what's going on with your mind. Yeah. Yeah. And then also realize that your brain and your mind is always against you. Yep. The more, the more you can talk yourself and more, more so your brain into what you want to do, the more successful you can be in life. Yep. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Okay. I think that was, I think that was pretty good. I think it was yeah. pretty good. Now I know you wanted to talk about stress, stress behind eating, stress management and eating, right? Mm-hmm. Now, before we talk about that, how much does mindset play into stress? Everything. <laughs> Everything. Everything. Yep. Goes back to the first thing that I said, but yeah, it's our thoughts create the stress that's going on, you know, based on our, based on our external circumstances or factors. So like, you know, you choose to stress out based on your schedule or you choose to stress out based on your thoughts about, I need to feed the kids. I need to do the laundry. I got to sweep the floors. I got to take out my dog. I got to go get my oil changed. Mm -hmm. That. And how does, how does that make us stress out because typically we tend to just go on this downward spiral like if we continue to think about all these things and then we think about how we don't have the time to do them then it presents a certain feeling of maybe being frazzled or uh frustrated whatever it might be and that causes us not to take action or to do the things that we need to do to get those done just as one example yeah 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 now what about stress management behind eating? Yeah. So I would say like stress management behind eating. So I would say like, this comes back to your mindset stuff, like understanding, um, we're managing our stress by coping with eating, Mm -hmm. which is not how things actually work or how that would benefit us. Yeah. So it's just a coping mechanism. Like we're basically eating to make ourselves feel better, but our thoughts are what make us feel better, not the actual food itself. Mm -hmm. So I think that's like a biggest, a big aspect to like gaining your awareness. And then of course, actually implementing, because we can tell ourselves that those things, but I'll still like go eat a piece of cake or something. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And that's actually like really interesting because I actually was just talking with another guest And we were talking about the fact that, you know, maybe it's the way I grew up or whatever it is. Like when I get stressed and I grew up skinny, for those of you that don't know my story, I grew up skinny. I've been trying to gain weight my whole life, but I don't Mm want to, I don't want to just eat it like McDonald's every single meal and gain a bunch of fat. 
because that's what everybody tells me oh just bulk up you'll be fine you have a high metabolism like you can eat whatever you want but also like when i'm stressed i don't want to eat you know there's a lot of people out there that they stress eat but there's also a lot of people out there that they stress don't eat yep they stress out and they you know whatever it is they don't eat right yep and i think it's i think I think everything goes back to awareness of, you know, when you were a kid or when you were younger, whatever it was, when you finally got on your own during college or after college, whatever it is, you know, how did you cope with things that were just not perfect? Mm -hmm. You know, how did you deal with situations that weren't great or good, even good, right? And for a lot of people, it was eating, you know, oh, I have a bag of chips. For some people, it was exercise. For some people, it was, you know, going for a drive in the car, whatever it was. And I think that plays more into the stress because I used to think, and I have opened my mind a lot recently in the past couple of years of coaching, online coaching, because I talked to a lot more people um, and I learned a lot more than what I read in my personal trainer book, right? Yeah, I, I used to think that there's no way in the world, and I still a little bit think this, there's no way in the world that when somebody's stressed out, they want to eat. Because, you know, what happens when you're stressed out is your cortisol levels rise, right? And your body doesn't know the difference between, like, when you're super stressed out, it didn't, doesn't know the difference between, like, oh, you know, I have to go do laundry, like, I'm stressed out because I have to go do laundry, and, like, oh, there's a tiger laying on my bed, and I'm yep. trapped in the same room. Yep. And so like, in the back of my mind, I was like, well, why would people want to eat if they're that level of stress? Yep. Like if you're being chased by a tiger, you're not going to want to be like, oh, I would really wish I had a donut right now. But that's what we cope with. I don't know. What, what do you think about that? Um, I think we've trained our bodies to realize that stress or high cortisol levels means that we're hungry. Mm-hmm. And I think I read something. I don't even know if it's correct or not. Like I'm not the nutritionist here, but (laughs) like, you know, the higher the stress, the higher the cortisol. And that's the way your body thinks like, okay, we're hungry, but I know that doesn't happen for everybody. So that's why I think it's like, you know, we've trained ourselves or people like me that do stress eat. I've trained myself that when I'm stressed, I grab food. It's just like teaching a dog to sit and then we give it a reward, but we've done it for so long, like for so many years or whatever, that that's now our natural coping mechanism. And it's the same thing for the opposite, not eating with your, when you're stressed, like that may have been something that has just grown over time that we've, we've created that habit. Yeah. Yeah. It's actually, I actually heard this. I don't know if this is completely true either. I actually heard this from another podcast and they explained it as the hunter gatherer, hunter gatherer. Mm-hmm. Um, because when we go, into, when we get stressed out, we go into a fight or flight mode. Yep. And back in the days of the hunters and the gatherers, basically every living waking moment was stressful. You know, there could be a giant tiger or a bear or you could drown, or you could catch some disease. Mm-hmm. You know, you didn't know what was going to happen back in those days. And fight or flight puts us into some sort of survival mode. Now, I'm not talking about like with your metabolism and starvation mode, which doesn't exist, but I'm talking yeah. about just survival mode in general of like what's going on, right? And so 
this guy related your stress levels in fight or flight mode to some people are hunters and some people are gatherers. Some people, when they get super stressed, they go into fight or flight and they think, I need to go get as much food as I can. I need to gather. I need to bring it all in so that when, you know, everything goes wrong, I'm good. I have food. Mm -hmm. I have resources. I have stockpiled energy. I'm good. Whereas some people are like, no, I need to go provide. I need to go hunt. I need to go get things. You know, I need to go work. Like when I get stressed, all I want to do is work because I'm usually stressed about work. Yep. You know, when I get stressed about my fitness results, all I want to go do is go to the gym and like go three times a day, you know, but I have to be patient with that. And so that's the hunter, whereas some people get stressed and be the gatherer. And I thought that was really interesting. I was like, it actually makes a lot of sense. Huh. Yeah, that's interesting. Uh, that's a new perspective. <laughs> and, you know, that fight or flight mode kind of puts us into a, obviously the higher stress levels and the higher cortisol, but it puts us into a thinking of what can I do right now mm -hmm. that if I were to die tomorrow, I would be safe because your body, when you're stressed out, just wants to be safe. Yep. Right. It hates change. The big biology word I use all the time, homeostasis, our body hates change, loves to yep. stay right where it is. And so we start to think about what can we do right now to kind of bring us back to normal. And if you're a gatherer, that's food. If you're a hunter, yep. that's what can I, what can I be productive with to bring, to not be stressed anymore, you know? And I thought that was pretty, I was like, wow, that actually makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah. I can agree with that in that like, I'm definitely a gatherer, but it's something that I have like kind of explored over the past couple of years. And this could be for food, sweets, alcohol, like what is it? Why, like, why have you built your, this habit around this? So like me, you know, when I'm stressed out, my way of treating myself is food. Like, oh, mm -hmm. it's been a long week. Let me go get, you know, a cheeseburger and French fries or whatever it might be. But in fact, like that doesn't help you. That just makes you worse because then you get bloated. You probably intake way too many calories. Uh, it makes you lethargic, like depending on how much you eat, of course, and like all those types of things. And it's the same thing for alcohol or something like that. Like there's more negative effects, but we think that it's going to make us better, but it doesn't. <laughs> so well, it's, it's the same way the other way is the hunters, quote unquote, you know, they get stressed about, let's say work. So then they just dive into work and then yep. they feel tired or, you know, sometimes uh, not bloated, but, you know, tired or lack of energy or in a bad mood, all the stuff that can happen when you overeat because yep. they've, they've under eaten. Mm -hmm. And so it's crazy, you know? Yeah. It all comes back to like that balance of like just your daily life you know? Yep. Yeah. First understanding the stress and where it's coming from and then how that affects you with other places, other things, what you do, your outcomes and all that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There's a very long line when it comes to stress and stress management that it's not even covered with this. <laughs> well, yeah. And that's, and that's going back to, like you said, understanding your stress levels and where it's coming from. That's going back to asking yourself the right questions. Yeah. versus versus just oh of course I'm stressed because I slept in and now I'm, I'm off my schedule and I have so many things to do and just you know starting to ask like well do I really need to do this you know what's yeah. what's my biggest priority you know I I tell people to stop doing to-do lists I'm like make a priority list they're like isn't that the same thing I'm like not at all 
yep. to-do list is just a random list of things you have to do at some point that you think mm-hmm. of just randomly. Um, I actually heard something really cool that was like all day you should, you should have two lists. You should have a brain dump list and a priority list. And all day you should write down things you think of that you have to do at some point. And then every night, take that list and write down the top three for the next day. Three to five. I like that. Yeah. Depending on how productive you can be. And that priority list is taken from your brain dump. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you know, when you think of something at three in the afternoon, picking up the kids from school, you're like, oh, I have to do that. Just write it down. Yep. Don't make it an obligation and stress yourself out to be like, well, I have to do that immediately. Yeah. I like that. I think I kind of like unconsciously do that a little bit, but I have a list actually right here. And my, I have two categories, my non-negotiables. Those are the stuff that I prioritize that have to get done. And then my extra stuff that I would like to get done. That's not a necessity to keep moving forward. So yeah. yeah. I, I always tell people that I I sound like, like a secret spy or something. Cause I call my non-negotiables or my priority list. I call my hit list. you gotta make it fun people are like people are like what are you an assassin or something i'm like no no if that yeah if that's what makes you enjoy it then by all means oh yeah yeah of course of course but when it comes i think when it comes to the mindset behind exercise and how you feel about it and the stress behind eating and kind of just all of it it's obviously the mindset you know obviously Mm -hmm. how you think about things but it's being aware of why you're thinking of those things in that, in that way. Yep. What would you, what would you say about that? I would agree. Most definitely. Like why you may not know why though. And why sometimes like, I want to caution people because it can come off with like, if yeah. I ask you why, like you're going to get defensive. Like yes, that's kind of exactly. like a closed in question, but like understanding, like, why do I do it the way, like, why do I do it this way? Like that's completely fine. hmm just remember, I guess, when you ask yourself why, what tone you're using. <laughs> uh, yeah, I wish, I wish there was another word. Yeah, I I, sometimes I word. say like, how come I did that? It's not necessarily why, but it's still exploratory. <laughs> that makes sense. I like that. Yeah. How come you, you know, why, why, how? Okay, that makes yeah. sense. Um, but no, I, I think the tone of how you look at yourself, it's just, you know, the words you speak. Like if you said, wow, I look good or wow, I don't look good. Mm-hmm. You know, the tone of how you say it, but also the word itself is completely different. Yep. So that's crazy. All this mindset yeah. stuff controls it's our whole life. Controls yep. our whole life. I have, yep. a, I have a key saying that I tell everybody, I'm like, control the controllables. If it's, yeah. if it's, if it's outside your control, don't even worry about it. Yep. But you have to be like conscious and aware of what's within your control and what's yeah control yep yep other people's responses and reactions are not within our control (laughs) exactly 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 that's a big one now nikki do you have any last pointers for everybody listening um no not really i think everything that we covered was awesome you know it all comes down to the mindset and exploring those possibilities and yeah I mean, the mind comes before the body can do anything. Yep. 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 If yeah, I don't. I don't. I don't even want to open that can of worms. I know. That's, that's why I'm just that's saying. So yeah. Much more. That's so much more. That's I was so like, much more. Yep. I was like, no, nah, I don't want to say anything else. <laughs>
I'll yep. say yes and agree. <laughs> okay, good, good. Well, thank you everybody for listening. Stay tuned for more episodes. And as always, keep sweating, keep smiling, and I'll talk to you guys soon. Bye. Bye.